Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. Praise God. We're going to read from Joshua chapter 21, verse 45. Joshua 21, verse 45. Do you got it there? The one scripture I did not write down for my sermon. Brendan's fired, y'all. There it is. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel. All came to pass. Not a word failed. Another, The other translation I was reading through King James Version says not a promise failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken to the house of Israel, all came to pass. This morning, for a few moments, I just want to speak on this topic, this idea, this subject, promises, promises. At this time, you may be seated. Thank you, God, for this moment to share your word. I pray, God, that you would open hearts and minds to what you want to speak in this place. Your presence is here, God, and you want to move in families, you want to move in couples, you want to move in individuals. We thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I could be wrong on this next statement that I'm going to make. What a way to start your sermon, right? But I think it is possibly one of the very first binding contracts. Before the handshake, before you learned how to squiggle your signature and make up whatever weird thing it is that you call your signature, before you even realize what a verbal contract truly is, there is one binding contract that you learn before almost every other one, and that is the contract of the pinky promise. It is a promise between two people that when it is being said, that secret that is being shared will remain a secret. Those quarters that are being borrowed by the one person will be paid back as soon as the other one receives their allowance. It is a promise that cannot be broken. Why? Well, that's simple. It's the pinky promise. See, promises are a big deal. A very big deal. Starting from a very young age to where we are in your life today. There are promises made by parents at the beginning of every school year, right, in hopes that their students will do a little bit better in school. Johnny, if you do really well, I promise you I'll give you a $20 bill for every A that you achieve. Johnny, Sally, if you do really well, I promise you we'll go to your favorite restaurant at the end of the semester. Or maybe if you know they're not going to get all A's, you can incentivize maybe Disney World or something really big like that, right? And hope they'll hit B's. And then you're like, yeah. Oh, you got one B. I'm sorry, kiddo. No, you would never do that. (laughs) And there are other promises made maybe via a contract with a bank. When you agree to uh, maybe buy a home with a mortgage. And you're promising that I will pay my monthly note in exchange for this beautiful roof over my head. And wonderful carpet or hardwood under my feet. I'm making a promise. I'm declaring a contract. Or there's one of the bigger promises any human can make, and that is the promise of I do in the midst of a wedding ceremony. 
I, Brendan, take thee, Elizabeth, to be my wedded wife, to have and to hold from this day forward for better or for worse, richer or poorer, in sickness and health, to love and, and to cherish till death do us part, according to God's holy ordinances. Right? That, that, that's that secret, that, that, that secret, that promise that cannot be broken. Promises are a very big deal. And I'm thankful for the promises I've received and the promises I have made in my life. And I can proudly tell you I'm thankful, most thankful for that promise Lizzie made on August 21st, 2015. She had no idea what she was getting herself into. <laughs> and I'm so glad that she has the obligation to not break it. <laughs> but as humans, we're imperfect. And sadly, promises can be broken. I remember... At the age of about 10 to 12 years old, my dad had promised me that he was going to buy me tickets to go see the Toronto Blue Jays baseball game. If I had accomplished everything that he had put on a to-do list while he was at work. So I got home from school, y'all. This was serious. 10 to 12 years old, I promise you, this was a big deal in my world. And I, 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 I turned into Santa Claus, y'all. I checked that list and then I checked it twice. And I did everything that was required of me on that to-do list. And then once I realized I had accomplished everything on that to-do list, I grabbed my glove and I grabbed my tennis ball and I went outside and I started to chuck that ball against the wall. And I started diving for that ball and I started throwing the ball as high as I could and getting under it and catching that ball. Oh, the excitement. It was just palpable. I couldn't wait to get to that stadium that night because I knew the Blue Jays, they were probably going to win. And I loved me some baseball. But sadly, and I can remember to this day, getting that phone call on that portable house phone, walking outside, pacing on my driveway as my dad told me he would not be able to make it home that night in time to make it to that baseball game. It was heartbreaking. Thank you. Some of you, oh, yeah. It was heartbreaking. It was a, you know, it was, it was, it was a complete dramatic understatement. I would love to tell you all that I held it together. That I was just this, you know, strong and courageous 10 to 12-year-old young man. That I continued to throw that tennis ball and continued to slide around the yard. And it didn't bother me at all. But I'm not that man. (laughs) It was like a gut punch. And can I tell you, I have an incredible father. And I'm sure he made it up to me. And the fact that I can only remember this moment truly speaks to his character of coming through when he spoke and his word and what it meant. But broken promises can hurt. Broken promises can feel like a gut punch. And I'm sure there's some people in this room today, and you've had some broken promises blow up in your face. And it was quite a bit bigger than just not going to a baseball game when you were 10 years old. Maybe it's caused havoc in your life and you're wondering, maybe it's still left you reeling and wondering, how am I going to pull it all together? People have left that promise never to leave. Business deals that have gone belly up because someone promised you one thing and never fulfilled their part. Family members that have said one thing but done another. Promises from employers that a raise was coming or a bonus that never showed up. Promises are a big deal. And this morning... I don't know if I could construct a message or say the exact right words that would take away the sting from the pain of a broken promise that you may have experienced in your life. But what I do want to tell you this morning is that we serve a God full of promises for you and for I. 
And the best part about the promises of God is they will never be broken. Can I tell you this morning, there's some people in this room, under the sound of my voice, you might think that the promises of God, they don't apply to you. I've done too much bad. I've gone too far. I've done things that I can never be forgiven for. I'm telling you right now, we serve a God that has promises in his word, and these promises are yea, and they are amen, and they are for you. God's promises are different. They are absolute and will take place. They'll take place, not in our timing though. I know, that's, that's rough. It, it's hard to swallow that. But they will take place in God's timing and in God's ways with no exceptions. Accordingly, the wise man will make himself aware of the promises that God has made. The wise man will open his Bible and say, okay, what do the words of God have to say to me? What are the promises that I need to see fulfilled in my life? What are the promises God has that I want for my life? I love in Micah 7, 19, he will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all of our sins into the depths of, into the, depths of the sea. That's a promise right there for every single one of us. That if you've walked into this room and you feel dirty, you feel like an outcast, you feel like you can never be good enough. In fact, you thought about wearing a hard helmet to church today in case the church collapsed on you. I'm telling you right now, we serve a God that is able to cast all of your sins into the depths of the sea. He has promises just for you. Promises that he will fulfill. Promises that he wants to fulfill. Life, hope, Peace, deliverance, supplying your needs, it's all covered there in the promises in our Bibles. It's up to us, though, to know the promises of God. But like any good promise, it takes two. It is not just up to God to do all the promise keeping without me walking in line to receive those promises. In fact, one of my favorite promises in Second Chronicles Chapter 7, verse 14, it says, If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive of all sin and heal their land. So it takes that first part, right, where if my people, which are called by my name, called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. There's a first part. I've got to humble myself. I've got to pray. I've got to turn from... Every wicked thing, I've got to seek his face. I, I've, got, I've got a job to do in this whole promise fulfillment thing. Because God wants to fulfill promises in your life. But he's, he's stuck to a, a contract. And we've got to fulfill our part of our contract. God wants to pour out a blessing, but it starts with me. It starts with what am I doing? Am I seeking his face? Am I seeking his word? Am I making sure that I'm lining up and putting myself in position to receive his promises? We see this from the beginning of Genesis all the way through the New Testament. God stepping up, giving a promise, and just asking the other party to walk the walk. This past Wednesday, Pastor Donovan shared an incredible A powerful message. If you didn't get a chance to hear it, you can go listen on the podcast. And it was absolutely powerful. Talking about Abraham. My story's not done yet. I'm not done. I'm not finished. But Abraham was promised that God, at 
close to 100 years old. Here's a God promising Abraham, I'm going to make a great nation of you. And in spite of everything that Abraham did, every shortcoming, every, every fall that he made, he continued to walk with God. In spite of messing up almost continually for a few years, he continued to walk with God, leaving his hometown, going to the place that God called him to. And amongst those bumps and those stumbles along the way, because he continued to walk with God, God did fulfill his promise. And God did make a great nation out of Abraham. See, this whole promise-keeping thing, this is not new business. This isn't 2019 stuff. Moses led a nation with the promise that God would lead them fire by night and smoke by day. The three Hebrew boys refused to bow to the king's statue in Babylon and were thrown into a fiery furnace with a promise that God could deliver them even in the midst of the flames. The first church preached the gospel, not with their own earthly lives in mind, but with the promise that there is more to life, that what what they were seeing here on earth was not all there was available. They preached Jesus and him crucified and him raising again with the promise of a greater life to come. And God wants to do the same for you. He wants to bring his promises to pass in your life. He wants to bring his promises to pass in your family's lives. He wants to bring his promises to pass in your children's lives. Are there some people in here that would pray Jeremiah 29, 11 over their kids? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I know my mom, she's stated many times to me over the years, Brendan, I've been praying for you every morning. Every morning I pray for you. Before Elizabeth ever came into my world, she would tell me, Brendan, I'm praying for your future wife. You know why? There were promises that my wife was holding on to. She knew I was called to ministry. She knew what it was going to take for for my, my partner. She knew, and she said, Brendan, I'm holding on to those promises. Are there some parents in this place that would say, I know the promises that I want to see fulfilled in my kid's life. And it's worth me getting down on my knees a few minutes, a few hours earlier before I get to work, before the day hits me. But I'm going to go after it. I would love to say that this church could save your kids, but that's not the case. I believe that if you bring your kids here, they're going to hear Jesus taught and they're going to see lives transformed. But it starts in the home. And if your kids are going to be saved, it's going to be because mom and dad got a hold of something and said, you know what, I'm holding on to this, and these promises will be fulfilled. It's up to us to get a hold of these promises and to say, God, what is it that you require of me? What dedication, what stance do I have to take? Where do I need to move? How do I need to position myself to see your promises fulfilled in my life? It's all good for God to fulfill his promises way back then, right? Like we talked about in Moses. Wonderful, Brendan. That's like forever ago. Hebrew boys. Wonderful. So neat. That first first church, you know, 2,000 years ago. I mean, they got to walk with Jesus. Why would they not live for God? Why would they not preach Jesus? I mean, they literally saw him feed 5,000. They saw him. But how about today? What does it look like today? Well, I can tell you my, my story. I know that I've had to stand on the promises of God. 
And I'm sure like many others in this room, you have as well. But one, my, one that came to my mind was in 2010. I felt called and I had the opportunity to, opportunity to do some missionary work at a Bible school and teach and preach across the nation of Pakistan. It's literally one of the most corrupt nations in the world today. I, I somehow stumbled upon a statistic, and it's in the top ten of most corrupt governments in the world. You can pay off cops. I've seen it happen with what they call tea money. Oh, do you want to go for some tea? And, oh, okay, and you give them some rupees, and you're good to go. The government turns a blind eye to anything that may happen to a Christian. But in, in the midst of all of that, there's been a great revival going on there. In the last decade, there's been hundreds, hundreds of thousands of people that have been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. And in 2010, I got to go there for four months and live there and experience all that there was to experience there. Now, when I got on that plane in Toronto, once again, I would love to tell you that I was this brave guy that was so excited and, and, and just, you know, ready to take on Pakistan. But when I was in that Toronto airport, I can't tell you that I was a super brave guy. I had already gone to the Pakistani consulate in Toronto and had to talk to them about my visa and why I wanted to go to Pakistan without telling them that I was a Christian and that I wanted to do missionary work. I remember the day before I had to go there, I ended, and this is crazy, but I ended up in the hospital because of a panic attack. I know. My sister was awake at 1 a.m. I said, Kyla, I think I'm having a heart attack. And, and I went to the hospital, and I, my, anyways, it was a panic attack. I was good. I was wonderful. I've got a good heart, y'all. <laughs> but do you know what? I went to the Word after that night, before I went to that consulate. And Proverbs 3, 5 through 7, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. And then I turned over a couple more scriptures in Psalm 34, verse 7. And it said, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. And you know what, in the midst of, here I was going to sit in front of the high consulate. Here I was about to go on this missionary trip that I was terrified out of my mind about. And the missionary emailed me and said, Brendan, do you believe this is the will of God? And I said, yes, I believe this is the will of God. And I stood on these scriptures and on these promises. And there was a peace that passed all understanding. And I was able to go to Pakistan. Let me just finish this story real quick. But about two and a half months into my missionary trip, I would go to the Bible school every morning about 7 a.m. I didn't teach classes till about 9 or 10 o'clock. And I, there was a flat on the side of the Bible school. And I remember laying in the bed going over my notes for that day's class. And there was a thunder shake. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize, it, you know, the clouds must have blown in. So I would go over and I look. And it wasn't a thunderstorm, but there was a bomb that had gone off. And they, the, the Al-Qaeda... They had blown up a police station less than a mile from the Bible school. I mean, Osama bin Laden was still alive at this time. Al-Qaeda was running rampant across that nation. Less than, literally less than a mile from where I was, there was a bomb that exploded, killing 10 people, and literally shook me out of my tree. 
And I said, God, what am I doing here? And he brought me back to these scriptures. He said, trust not in your own way. I've got you here, Brendan. There's a purpose. God, you're encamping round about me. I was able to stand on that promise. And it wasn't but a week and a half later, I got to drive out to a, a village that literally the name of Jesus had never been preached before. Stood in, a, in front of about 100 people, crammed into a section smaller than this front section right here. And I got to preach Jesus and saw people's blind eyes opened. I saw deaf ears opened. I saw people who weren't, were carried to church that night walk out of there. The Holy Ghost was poured out. And I'm telling you, I didn't preach anything fantastic. I wasn't up there shouting and spitting. I was just, I was just Brendan. But do you know what? God showed up and showed out. You know why? Because someone was standing on his promises and saying, there is something that needs to happen here, and I'm willing to go where you've called me to go. And I believe there's some people in this room today that are standing on the promises of God. And because you've decided to stand, your world will be changed. Your home will be changed. Lives around you will be changed because you said, I'm standing on a promise that God's given me. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't look like the right thing to do. But I'm standing anyways. Praise God. Praise God. It was, a, it was a call that I was so glad I got to fulfill. It was a call that I'm so glad I didn't allow a panic attack to hold me back from. It's a call that I, I'm glad I didn't get on that airplane and then call mom and dad and say, actually, I decided to stay. Can you come pick me up? Instead, it was a call that I was able to stand on a promise and look back now, nine years later, and say, God's promises are true. I was where I was supposed to be. Are you looking for direction in your life? Are you looking for direction in your world? You know, that is a promise of God that I quoted in Proverbs. That is a promise. Your, your path may not always be conventional. Your path may look a little strange to Every one of your peers, every one of your family members, it might look a little strange to your boss, but I'm telling you, if God tells you to do something and you're standing on the promises of God, don't question it. Continue to stand. Lean on him. Ask him to direct your steps, and he will do it. Are you tired? Are you weary? Has the grind of life just kind of worn you out? Matthew eleven twenty eight twenty nine 29 says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He wants to bring, bring rest to some weary souls this morning. Are you at the end of your rope? Feels that there is more month than there is money. Are you not able to sleep at night and worrying about how is this all going to work out? How am I going to make it all work? Maybe it's not just finances. Maybe it's interpersonal. Maybe it's relational. And you're wondering, what am I going to do? How do I make this work? Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will fully supply your every need according to his glorious riches in the Messiah, Jesus. Understand, we serve a God that will supply Every need. Every need. 
He might not see it and understand how's this going to work out. But I'm telling you, get some rest. Let the peace of God overtake you. Say, God, this is in your hands. I'm, I'm trusting. I'm standing on this promise tonight. Are you feeling like you're trapped in a cycle of sin? You can do well on a Sunday and a Monday, maybe even make it all the way to Tuesday, but by Wednesday, it's over, and you're right back where you were before you even went to church on Sunday morning. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, no temptation. This is a promise, y'all. No temptation has overtaken you. That is not, that is unusual for human beings. But God is faithful, and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond your strength. Instead, along with the temptation, he will also provide a way out so that you may be able to endure it. The thief comes only to steal, slaughter, and destroy. I've come, that's Jesus Christ, has come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. You don't have to be trapped by sin any longer. Your sin has been defeated by our God, Jesus Christ. He died so that you could be free. See, God has greater for you than to live trapped by sin. Trapped in condemnation. Trapped, defeated by whatever it is that keeps knocking at your door. He wants to set you free. He died and rose again with one purpose. That was to set you free and for your salvation. 1 John 1 and 9. If we make it our habit to confess our sins in his faithful righteousness... He forgives us for those sins and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We have a God that is able to forgive sins. I love it. In in Mark chapter 2, he's looking at the man that gets lowered into a a home in Capernaum. And he's looking at him and, and he says, your sins are forgiven. Take up your bed and walk. And the Pharisees, they get all like, you know, mean mugging. Sour faced, you know. Like, what? who is this man? Who's, who, who can save? Who, who can forgive sins but, but God alone? And Jesus, he, he reasoned what was going on. He caught what was going on. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. Understand, was it easier for me to say you're healed or your sins are forgiven? See, he was Christ. He was 100% man, 100% God. We'll never completely understand that. You know, mind-blowing. But we, he was able to forgive sins and is able to forgive sins. Acts 2, 38 and 39. And Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one, every one of you. Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. What's that next scripture? For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as our Lord, our God, will call. That's a promise, y'all. That gift of the Holy Ghost is a promise for every single one in this room today. I remember when I was 12 years old, I was, I was at Orland Camp in Belleville, Ontario. It was, you, you think Tioga is something to behold. I mean, you haven't seen Orland. It is rough. If there's a zombie apocalypse, you can go there, Okay. But I'm telling you, it was rough. And, and we would go there as kids. And I remember when I was 12 years old, I'd been baptized a year earlier. And I had wanted to receive God's spirit so bad, speaking in other tongues. I knew it was for me. I knew it. I, I had heard it. I knew those promises were for me. 
And I remember going to that Orland camp. And I was, I, I'm a logical human being, so like I'm asking questions before service of people who had received the Holy Ghost. I said, how do you speak in tongues? How do you do it? And, you know, like having one 12-year-old ask other 12-year-olds, how do you speak in tongues, right? Like, and they're like, I don't know. I just do it. <laughs> Kick the ball, you know. <laughs> and so literally I'm asking all my friends, how do you speak in tongues? I don't know how to do it. I, I want it. And I remember I went to the altar that night, and it took me probably a solid 45 minutes. I'm just sitting there bawling, boo-hooing. God, forgive me for everything I've ever done. I want to be, I want to be closer to you. <laughs> Crying, just, you know, like 12-year-old, sincere. And a, a man came over to me, and he, he laid his hands on me, and he said, Brendan, wh- why are you crying? I said, I'm so sorry for the sins. I've, you know, 12-year-old sins, who even knows what I did? And I'm like, I'm so sorry, God. And he's like, Brendan, he's forgiven you. 45 minutes of prayers, I promise you, he's forgiven you. And he said, now it's time to rejoice. I want you to just loose your tongue. And I don't want you to think about it. I want the presence of God to flow through you. And in that moment, he laid his hands on me and prayed in Jesus' name. And I started to speak in a heavenly language that I didn't learn. I didn't study. I didn't fabricate. I didn't make it up. And I spoke in tongues. I stood there for another 45 minutes speaking in tongues, man. Here's the thing that's powerful. And that's for every person that's under the sound of my voice. It was in 2010 again, the end of 2010. So I'd come back to Canada and I got a chance one more time to go overseas. And I was in Malaysia. And we can all stand. But I was in Malaysia. And this is how important I know it is, y'all. This, this is, the Holy Ghost is important. It's part of... It's part of us connecting with God. That's salvation in God right there. That's how we know. That's the evidence of his spirit inside of us. And, and here's the thing. So I'm in Malaysia. And there was a missionary that he was, he was on literally his deathbed. A year and a half later, he passed away. And his name was Steve Willoughby. And he was, he was like an apostle, y'all. He like tore open Asia, like there was opportunities in, in China. There are there are saints in China, saints literally across all of that area of Asia because of this man and his wife. His wife had just passed away a year earlier. You want to talk about unfair? You'll never understand this. Both passed away of cancer, fifty years old. It was horrible. And I walked into that room. There was a conference going on there, and I walked into the room. He had no idea who, he, who I was. And the missionary from Pakistan, they were there also, and he pulled her aside, the missionary's wife, and said, who is that young man? And she said, that's Brendan Hannington. Where is he from? He's from Toronto, Canada. Okay, God's, God's given me a word for him. I, I don't know what it is yet, but he's given me a word for him. He said, when I, when I call you over here, I want you to go get him, and I want to give him this word. This might sound freaky to y'all, but this, this is true. And this happens. And, and so service, it just happened, blew up. It was a powerful service. And he said, okay, bring him over here. So I come over, and I'm, like, honored, right? Like, this guy, I mean, he's like a hero of mine. And he says, Brendan, God's given me a word for you. I, I don't know, know exactly what, I, I haven't premeditated it. He said, let me pray over you. And so I, I knelt down next to his chair, and he laid his hands on me, and he said, God's telling me, He sees a 12-year-old young man in the middle of the woods being filled with his spirit, being filled with his power. The rest of that went on to 
just give some confirmation in my life. But God brought him to that moment where I was born again, where I was filled with his spirit. I went back and I kind of contemplated. I went back to my hotel that night and I was like, God, of all the moments that you could have called out in my life, you called out that moment where I was born again, working for you, doing what you called me to do. A young 12-year-old boy that was confused how the Holy Ghost even worked. And God was able to say, that's important, Brendan. That moment was important. This morning, the presence of God, it's in here thick, y'all. And he wants to move in some people's lives. The promises of God are yea. They, they're, they're, they're settled in heaven. It's, it's finished. What he said, they're going to be fulfilled. And this morning, whether you're weary, whether you're tired, whether you're worn out, whether you're stressed out, whether you're anxious, whatever it is, I want you to know you can come to this altar this morning and God's promises are here right now to bring peace, to bring hope, to bring life. And if you've never been filled with the presence of God, if you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, evidence of speaking in tongues, I don't want you to leave this place today without it. Because that's a promise. That's not just to me. That's not just to the people that have called LifePoint their home church. That's not just to the people that haven't sinned this week, that haven't made a mistake this week. That promise is for you and for your children and for all who are afar off. So right now, I want you to come to this altar. I want you to move out of where you're at. And I want you to raise up your hands and say, God, I'm standing on your promises this morning. I don't know what it's all going to look like tomorrow morning. I don't know what it's going to look like Tuesday morning. But all I know is it's time for me to stand on a promise like maybe I haven't stood in a long time. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.